0: Hello everyone, hey didn't Paul do an awesome job tonight? Oh my goodness, it blew me away well, It was only his third time leading prayer in front of people, man you rocked it um, Paul, I almost called you Peter <laughs> well, It was really great Yeah. Alright, let's turn to Second Peter chapter 3 My name is Miangwa Choi. If you don't know me, I'm an executive pastor over New Philly. Second Peter chapter three. Now look at verse eight and nine. Yeah. Look at those. Two verses but before we jump into the word, I want us to pray together briefly. Uh, I want everyone in this room to pray that you will be vulnerable before the Word of God. I mean, no matter how powerful message I preach to you, if you don't let the truth be the truth, it's useless. So I want us to pray that we will have a heart to believe the truth to be the truth and if it's the truth that sets you free then you've got to believe that it is the truth. You know, so I want us to all bow our heads and then just quickly pray over yourself and I'll pray for you guys. Can we do that? Father, we worship you, we praise you, we come before you with hunger and thirst. We desire your truth to set us free, Father. And God, we just allow ourselves to receive the truth as the truth. So, Father, we just pray that you open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our spirit, and let us be vulnerable before your word tonight, Lord. And God, we just thank you that tonight's going to be a fruitful night, where every heart to be, are going to be transformed. And God, we praise you in advance, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Second Peter chapter 3, 8 to 9. We're going to read it together. Are you guys there? All right, let's go. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Amen. So this passage, uh, I didn't read the first many, many verses in this uh, in this uh, text, but then this text talks about uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ. So I kind of like just read these two verses, but it's talking about when the world asks you in, in a mocking way, you know, where is the promise of your Lord coming? You know, when is it coming? He, di- he didn't come yet. When the world asks you that, Peter's just explaining that uh, his sense of time is different than ours. His sense of, his understanding of slowness is different than our understanding of slowness. So basically, this is a key passage that that explains that God's understanding of time and human's understanding of time are just completely different. So for us, one day is one day. Right? You know, when you ask people, well, how was your day? You say, oh, I had a long day. But it just means that you had 24 hours, you know? You can't, you can't have a longer day. Everyone get the same amount 24 hours, right? Did anybody have like 24 hours today? No, right? It's exactly set amount. You get 24 hours a day. And, um, everyone gets 24 hours equally, right? No one can skip a day. Have you ever skipped a day? slip through it. (laughs) No, you cannot skip a day. You cannot skip an hour. No one can stop it. No one can, uh, you know, fast forward it. Nobody can do anything with time. You cannot pause it like some movies, you know. You really can't do anything about it. Rewinding it, it's impossible. Time is set and then we live in a time frame. But then for God, he is beyond time. So he's the one who gave us the time zone and time frame, the understanding and sense of time. So, you know, he was the one who set sun over daytime and the moon over the nighttime. Even before he set sun and moon over day and night, he was able to count the days. I don't know how he did it. You know, day one, day two, day three, day four. And then until day four, there was no moon and sun, but then he was able to count the days. So he's the one who gave us this time frame for us. So our understanding of time all came from him. And the Bible says he's an alpha and omega. That means that he's the beginning and the end. It also means that he doesn't have the beginning because he's not created and he knows no end. So for him, our sense of time makes no sense. For him, what was and what is what is to come is all equally revealed. He knows everything there was, there is, and there is to come. There is no secret in him. It is not his concern that you don't have a job right now. He's not worried about you at all. It's not a surprise to God that you are still single, you're not married yet. God is not surprised by that at all. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I want to ask you guys this. I'm, I'm not sure if you ever felt rushed by God. And you feel like God's just speeding up so much that you you are, like, catching your breath. You feel like you're going to die soon. You know, you feel like God's just throwing you up, like, to all this stuff that you are not ready for. And you feel overwhelmed. God, I'm not able to handle all this. And then you feel like you have too much on your plate right now. You can't handle any of it, you know, properly. You're, like, messing up everything. You know, have you ever felt that way, that God's rushing you? And you feel like you're going to collapse very soon. Man, I can't do this anymore. What is God doing with me? You get stressed like crazy. You always cry at home. You know? You know brothers crying in secret? (laughs) You know? Because you feel like God is just rushing you like crazy. And he's just going way too fast. Have you ever felt that way? Am I the only one? Okay, good. And then there are seasons where you feel like he's going just way too slow. You feel ready. You want to show the world what you got. You feel like, man, I want to just go sprinting right now. But then, feels like God is just not letting you do it. And you feel frustrated because you feel like, man, everyone's going fast, and I'm just going too slow. You know, you go to Pastor Christian, if you know our dating protocol. You know, I want to ask out uh, Mi Jung. I think she's so cute. I want to court her, Pastor Christian. Let me take her out, you know, to a nice dinner. And PC says, brother, pray about it for a year and come back. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. You know, that's going to destroy you. You're going to feel like, man, dog started dating saga. Why not me? You know, you're going to feel like, why am I so slowed down? God, why aren't you letting me? Or why PC? Why are you so being so slow on me? You know, you might get really, really frustrated. Does anybody feel me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you see other people going ahead of you, even a newcomer who got saved last year, you feel like, wow, that person's like flying. She just, just passed by me, and she's like way over there ahead of me. Have you ever felt that way? And you feel like you're the only one that's forgotten in this race. And just God is just not interested in speeding up. You're frustrated. But good news is that the Bible says to him, a thousand years is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. And that means, I believe, he can mature you like five years worth of it within like one sowing season. And you're boom, like you mature like crazily. And now you're like ready to be an active leader. You know, it means that he could stretch out. What could happen within a week to an entire year? Sounds so good, huh? (laughs) You know, he could stretch it out, and then he could just make it so quickly as well. Don't ask me why, because I don't know. But I know this. It's simply because he knows you better. I'm just here to preach this simple message and set you free. He just knows you better than you do. What you call fast isn't really fast to the Lord. And what you call slow isn't really slow to him at all. It's just right to him. And you got to trust him that he knows what he's doing in your life. And there's a reason why he's speeding up in one season. There's a reason why he's slowing down in one season. You know, a lot of times we always envy the opposite season uh, than the one that you're facing. You know, when you are jobless in Korean you call it peksu. So, for some Korean newbies, it's a good word to learn. Everyone say peksu, right? Peksu doesn't mean white hands. It just means that you have no job. You're unemployed. So, when you are a peksu, you envy people that are busy. Man, I wish I could be like Gloria. She's working for the government. Man, I don't want to be like her. You just envy the people that are busy and they look like they are doing a lot in their lives. Man, when are we gonna get there? When are we gonna get, get that kind of job? But then, when you actually get a job that actually gives you a lot of work, you feel like, man, I wish I could go back to my Baxter days. You know? Don't you? Don't you feel that way? When you have a lot, you just want to rest. When you have a ton of time, you feel like you're the only one bumming around, and everyone else is so busy. So always like one, like opposite season that you're in. Do you guys agree with that? <laughs> you know, I, this is. Yeah, in marathon, is anyone here a runner, like a marathon runner? Anyone has ever finished a marathon here? Oh, yeah, Rachel right here. (laughs) Yeah, Rachel ran a marathon, like full one, full marathon with Caleb and Sarah. You guys are crazy. I don't know how you did it. But uh, in marathon, there are people called pacekeepers or pace setters. So their job is to run in front of the actual athletes, actual runners, marathoners, to help them keep the ideal pace to reach the best record. So, I mean, uh, immature marathoners don't like having pacemakers. It's because they want to run fast when they feel like doing it. When they feel like, oh man, I just got the second wind. You know, I just feel like I could just run like... You know, 10 miles at, at like within within a minute or something, you know, when they feel that they just want to go, but then the pacekeeper stops him from doing that. You know, you, you gotta just go keep going slow, you know, because the pacekeeper is keeping the pace, you know, and then they want to slow down because their heart is about to give, give in, you know, or something. And then you want to slow down, but then the pacekeeper is just going and going. And then you have to follow. So the, but then, um, without the pacemaker, even good runners, often, they can't finish the race because they just feel keeping, keeping their own pace, you know? So that's why mature marathoners learn to follow the pacekeeper at all times. I mean, whether they feel it or not, whether they like it or not, they always go behind the pacekeeper, at least for the first half of the race. So that's pacekeeper or pace setters, pace-ma- pacemaker. Oh, man, I made it up. It's pacemaker or pace setter. I think pacemaker is fine too. So yeah, pacekeeper is <laughs> coined the term. <laughs> so pacemakers what they do is when they get hired, they analyze their athletes, their runners. And then what they do is they scientifically you know like analyze their like muscles and their running style and everything. And um so they basically come up with the ideal running cycle for each runner. So when, when, when they run, they don't run according to they, their pace, but then the, the, the people that hired them, you know, so they run according to the perfect ideal pace. Um, and, you know, li- our life is like a marathon. It's not a short length. <laughs> it's like a marathon. It's lifelong race. And our God is like a pacekeeper. He's like a pace setter, pacemaker for us. And, in order to finish this race, we gotta learn how to follow the pacemaker. If you just try to sprint the whole way, most likely you're gonna die. I guarantee you're gonna die. You're not gonna finish it. And if you try to just slow down and chill, you're never gonna make it. You know, you're never gonna have a good rec- record and then you will never see the finish line just by walking and chilling, you know, all the way through. So you need a pacemaker. So turn to your neighbor and tell the unit or pacekeeper. <laughs> and the question boils down to this. Do you really, really believe that God knows you the best? When it really comes down to it, the question at the end is that, do you really believe that he knows you the best? You know, You know, when you feel overwhelmed, actually, he knows that you can handle it. When you feel like, God, I'm just going to give up. I can't do this anymore. He's actually saying, I know you can run faster than that. I know you can keep going 10 more minutes or one more month. You got it. You can do it. But you are saying, man, I don't know, God. I don't think I can. But God is saying, no, keep going. I know your ability. I know you're capable of doing that. So just keep running. I'm keeping you. I'm keeping your pace. You can do it. It's not a time to slow down right now. My son keep running. And when you feel like, God, I got to go right now. I got to sprint. I got to catch up with him right right in front of me. And it's a perfect chance to catch up. Let me just go. But then God is saying, hey, calm down. <laughs> you know, the people around you, they are not your pacemakers. You got to understand that they are not keeping your pace. So, so many times you look around and all these other runners are just running. And then you, you get so distracted. You know, you want to keep your eyes on the pacekeeper, but then you feel like, man, he's going faster. I want to catch up. You know, like leadership, for example. Man, that person joined leadership a year after me, but then how come he's already getting promoted as an active leader? And I'm not. You know, sometimes you feel like, man, why am I going so slow? You know, you start comparing yourself to other people running with, running with you. You guys ever felt that way? Man, he he got saved like two years after me. And I feel like he's just going way ahead of me. He knows so much more about the Bible. And I feel like I need to catch up. You know, not in a good challenging way. It it could be helpful, but then not in a negative way. You're just comparing yourself to the people around you. But you gotta understand, they're not your peacekeepers. There's the one that's going in front of you, which is God, and they got their own cycle going, and God is keeping their pace as well. I mean, maybe it's their season to run faster, and for you, maybe it's a little slower. But that, that doesn't mean that you know you are neglected. That doesn't mean that you are forgotten. You know, you are being faithful to your own race. Take it easy and just follow the pacekeeper. You know? All you have to know is that. He knows you better than you do. I never ran marathon. I never tried. But I think in 2010, 2009, I ran 10K. I'm proud. I ran uh, 10K, and before the 10K race, I had never run before, like more than like two laps I don't know, I just never really ran before And brother Caleb, who's now in Busan, he challenged me to start running And then Caleb used to be a little bigger, he used to have like a big stomach And then um, him and I kind of agreed to... Uh, uh, <laughs> Did you say something offensive? Alright, ignore him, okay? Uh, we decided to uh, practice and then train for this 10K race uh, that was happening in Seoul, right? And then uh, Caleb took me, you know, he always picked me up from my house. And then for like a month, we trained together. My first training holder, uh, whole there, SNU, I ran two laps uh, of uh, the, the circle. Two laps, right? And I ran like one and two, and I literally collapsed. And I couldn't breathe. I'm not even kidding. I literally thought I was dying. Because uh, nobody ever told me that I had to inhale uh, with my nose. And breathe out of my mouth. I never learned this. So I did everything with my mouth as if my nose didn't exist, right? So I was like, <sighs> the entire time, after like 10 minutes, I was dying. My jaw and my head and my whole body started aching. Don't try that, okay? It could kill you. <laughs> and I was like, Caleb, I think I'm not gifted in this. I don't think I can do it. I think I have some condition. I don't know. Physically, I'm not able. I think he told me, oh, you shouldn't breathe, you know breathe into your with your mouth, you know, so he told me that second day of training, I ran like 12 laps without without resting at all, and I was fine, and I wasn't even sore the following day, yeah, maybe I can run marathon, I don't know <laughs> but then, uh, so we, for the entire month, we trained together and then the day has arrived, so we all went to Hangang, brother Danny Sok was there, Caleb was there, uh, I think Mina was there to cheer for him though they were not dating or anything, you know. <laughs> uh, and she said she was there for me, whatever. <laughs> you know. Uh, so we, you know, then and then we started running. Three k point, I was dying because uh, it was just completely different, like environment. We were running during the day, but then all the training happened during the night. And the SNU has amazing clean air there, so it's really refreshing. But then we are running with all these cars on the bridge in the middle of the city, right? So I was out of breath. I just wanted to collapse there and just give up. So I was running, and Caleb was my pacemaker. So he was my pacekeeper. He completely gave up his own record, and then he just ran with me. Uh, so, our records are the same, exactly the same. one hour, forty minutes, something something. So we you know finished the race together, but he was like, skipping my pace. you know you know I can do it. He was running and speaking at the same time, and at three k point, I just stopped because I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, "I'm done," because there was a water stand, right? I was like, "Oh, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going home." I just stopped, and then like 10 seconds later, and Caleb was—he was just going, you know, because he was my—he was in front of me. I was like, "Oh, by Caleb, whatever. I'm going home." And then I, like 10 seconds later, I see a round face coming back. <laughs> like, I cannot forget that moment. It was like a movie. I see a familiar face. Caleb's face coming back. He came back, returned to pick me up. He was like, No, you can't give up. He started dragging me. And I was like, Yeah, I'm done, I'm not doing it. And I was like, No, 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 you can do it. You've run much more than this, you can do it. And then he just pushed me. He who was just dragging me to run. So I start I started picking it up again. I was running, running, 5K, 6K, 7K another water stand, another temptation. But Caleb didn't let me drink water this time. I was like, yo, just go, just go. And 8K point, man, I could not run anymore. Seriously, my toe was hurting so bad. Uh, I just couldn't. So I was like, oh my God. I was like, seriously, like in a, such a bad shape. And I just wanted to drop and just cry, right? Then Caleb was like, no, you got it. Only 2K. You see the finish line. You hear the music. We're going to take tons of pictures. And he was just speaking encouragement. He was just keeping my pace. And he slowed down a, a lot, you know, for me. He could have made it within like 45 minutes, I think. But he just was faithfully just with me. His mission was to get me to finish it, right? So 8k point, I somehow passed it, and then 9k I started seeing the finish line. Didn't excite me at all. I was like, (laughs) I don't even care! (laughs) I was like barely walking, but, but I finished the race. Was I happy? Yeah, I was later on. But then when I, when I came in, I actually didn't even care. Like, <sighs> Caleb does the best impression of me. When I actually finished, I was out of it. Like, I was grabbing my water. <sighs> I was insane. I just lost it, right? But then like, after like 20 minutes of rest, I was like, wow, I made it. I made it. You know, Caleb was my peacekeeper. But then I share this story with you guys because that's like such a, Wonderful picture of our God, my Heavenly Father running with us, keeping our pace, not giving up on us, encouraging us, not forcing us, but encouraging us, speaking life over us so that we could keep going. When I wanted to give up, man, he didn't let me. My eyes just so wanted to give up, just drop, but then he didn't let me. But he kept on speaking life, no, you can do it, don't give up, almost there. All those words, you know, I really felt like, man, that's such a perfect picture of our Heavenly Father running with us and keeping our peace. You know, I didn't die, though I felt like I was dying. (laughs) And I survived, you know. You know, in life, you could easily feel so similar to that. In fact, I I felt like I couldn't continue in my life. Uh, Actually, in ministry— I've been tempted to just quit and leave, surprise. 2010 was the busiest year of my life, like yet, up to that point. Because 11 was busier. But then 2010 was like, oh my gosh, I'm like done. I can't continue anymore, I was so tired. I mean, I was a full-time student. I had my office hours. I was doing a ton of stuff. I really felt like I couldn't continue like this. And I remember thinking and talking to John, Pastor John, about it. And I was like, if life goes on like this, in, at this pace, John, I, I'm not interested in continuing. That's what I said. I was like, I don't know about this whole intern pastor program anymore. Man, if life is going to be like this one more year, I think I'm going to die. Now, before I die, I got to escape. That's, that was like how I was how much I was tired, and PC now understands, because he's a full-time student right now, and he had to take his Greek now, but we are the forerunners, you know? We were doing everything while we were taking the Greek class, you know? So PC, just suck it up. <laughs> All right, stop. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Pops, I love you. <laughs> But, like, seriously, oh, I was so tired. I'm mean, a Greek full-time student, 18 credits of classes, office hours, directing every single retreat, mission trips, per, per, per team. I'm not per team, but leading my small group, teaching SBS. And there was so much stuff going on. And preaching and everything was so hectic that I felt like I couldn't survive anymore. All right, this is it. I'm, I'm leaving, you know, on the verge of it. But then, I survived, somehow. And Christians sometimes ask us, how did you guys do it? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) You made us do it, so we did. I don't know how we did it. You know, Marcus and I, we look at each other, how did we do it? Uh, We don't know, but we did it. We survived. Though we felt like, at the moment, we felt like we were just gonna collapse and die, we didn't. You know, we sustained ourselves, and we kept on going, God was faithful. We survived. And 2011 came, it wasn't much better. It actually got a little worse. You know, man, the business didn't go away, honestly speaking. I thought the third, third year in seminary would be easier, you know, uh, whatever, whatever. But then, I mean, schedule-wise, nothing got better. But then I realized that I was handling it so much better. It was so much easier in my heart because I felt like, you know, keeping the running thingy, you know, my heart was stronger, my lungs were stronger, and my legs were stronger. That's literally how I felt. So even though we were running the same race, I just felt stronger. And I just became a better runner. So what would have easily crushed me in my second year of intern pastorship, third year, I wouldn't even let it touch me. You know, oh man, I have to write my paper tonight. It's due tomorrow. And then I have Friday fire tonight. I have to preach. It would have easily crushed me, you know. Oh, my gosh, I'm, I'm under such pressure, and I just want to drop it and leave. But then third year, I was like, all right, I'll do it. I'll just preach it, and then all-nighter, paper, and God's going to bless it. And I would get an A-plus on it, you know. So it, it didn't even bother me anymore. I mean, I was able to handle 10 things at once, and I was fine. Uh, I still kept my sanity. I didn't go crazy. I got better at multitasking. You know, like Mina, if you watch Mina Choi, our admin, she'll be driving and eating and uh, sending EFT at the same time. As she's chatting with me, <laughs> as she's checking my makeup in the mirror, she's like, a, you know, she's amazing at multitasking. But you just got to learn how to do it. And I, I, I Now I can do the same thing, you know. <laughs> I'm good at multitasking. I learned that anxiety and stress and pressuring myself, perfectionism that I used to have doesn't help me at all. So I started letting them go. All right. I don't need that in my life right now. I don't need my papers to be perfect right now. I I will let them go. All these little... I mean, I was faithful in small things, but I knew what to let go. And I knew how to run the race just better. I became a better runner. You know, when I felt like I was breaking me, he was actually strengthening me. That was what was going on. When I felt like, man, I cannot survive. I'm done. He was saying, No, I know that you can do it. So I'm gonna just, you know, that, that reveal that that potential in you. I'm just I'm just making it shown, you know, I'm just revealing it. So he knew that I was able when I didn't believe that I was able. And there were times where in areas, certain areas I felt like I was going so slow and I was frustrated. Uh, one of it was Preaching, actually. Preaching as well as like prayer leading, things like that. Public speaking in general. I felt like I was going so slow on it that I just never wanted to do it. It was because uh, early on of my training time, my English wasn't as good as now. And, and just it was just struggle. All the skills and, I don't know, like cultural differences. Just dealing with many things at once. And I just felt like I would never get better. Um, and I was... Kind of comparing myself to my fellow intern pastor, Pastor Marcus Corpening, because his English was perfect, and he was already very good at public speaking, you know, he used to do like spoken words and things like that, so whenever I would hear him speak, wow, he's so good, but I would never say that to him, you know. (laughs) i would think that you know oh man that was really good but i was saying decent job today you know (laughs) pastor marcus i just felt like he was running with it and i felt like man i'm so slow when am i gonna ever catch up you know i felt so behind but then the truth was i needed the time in the hidden place to develop yes my language and my hunger for the word and god just knew that my prime time would come And then I was just being faithful when I was hidden. And when no one was really listening to me, you know? And then, man, I feel like this year, God's like, all right, you've been really wanting to run fast? (laughs) Here it is, like, run, run, run. I've been, like, preaching every single week and, you know, like, all the different occasions. And I'm like, I I wish I could go back, you know? (laughs) But um, God has his own timing and cycle and his curriculum, and he knows what he's doing exactly. Man, my, my message is this, just this. He knows you so much better than you do. And I don't know what kind of season you are in right now. Maybe you've been feeling frustrated because you are going so slow. And you're looking at everyone else and, man, why am I not catching up? Why doesn't God pick me up and start running? Maybe you feel like everyone's just ahead of you and you're just not way behind. Maybe some of you feel like you're just overwhelmed with so many things, not being able to juggle everything. You just feel so tired, so stressed, feel like you can't handle them all. God, why are you hurrying me and rushing me like this? I can't handle it anymore. But then I feel like God is saying, I know exactly where you are. I know your pace, and I'm your pacekeeper. And I feel like that's just everything. That God is speaking to you. So, I want us to pray together. I want to actually pray for you guys as well. So, if you could, yeah, bow your heads with me. Paul. This is such a simple truth. It's just so simple. He knows you inside and out, He knows your life, He knows your calling. He knows your ability, your capacity, how equipped you are in each area of your life. He just knows you so well. And all you have to understand isn't even to figure out what season you are in, but just to trust that He knows what He's doing exactly. And you're exactly where He wants you to be at. You do not have to be anxious about it at all. Maybe you've been searching for a job for years and then nothing has come through yet. But you know what? God didn't waste any of your time. He does not waste time. He doesn't waste a day. If you've been anxious, frustrated, where are you taking me to? Am I even going somewhere? He knows exactly where the finish line is. He just knows you so well that He's pacing you with such gentleness and such love. If you're overwhelmed, if you feel like you can't handle this anymore, if you feel so stressed, no one knows what you're going through. No, your peacekeeper knows exactly what you're going through. He knows your heartbeat. He knows how tired your muscles are. But if you are still going, he's saying that you can keep going. I'm with you. I'm cheering on you. You can do it just a little bit more. And he's saying you you are able to. You are equipped to run. And I want you to envision this. You are becoming a better runner. Next year, you face the same thing. It's not going to be the same. You're going to be run so much easier and so much faster. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to be a different person. You're going to look at the bigger picture. And just trust that you are exactly where you need to be at. Earlier I said that um, He is beyond time And He knows what was And what what is to come Everything is revealed to Him The job that you don't see right now God sees it The spouse that you've been praying for years You don't see Him, you don't see her But God sees Him and her Every breakthrough that you are waiting for He's not being slow His slowness is different than our slowness. Maybe you've been crying out for the salvation of your family for years. He's not being slow on it. He's on it. You just don't see it yet, but He sees it. Church, I just want to encourage you to be encouraged. Be encouraged by the fact that He knows you so well. Just be encouraged that He's got you in His perfect timing. Just be encouraged that He never gives you more than you can handle. Just be encouraged by the fact that He's gently and lovingly running with you. He's keeping a perfect pace for you. He knows when to slow down. He knows when to go fast. Just understand that and be encouraged, church. Be encouraged. Whatever you've been feeling, I want you to speak it out. If you've been frustrated, I want you to speak it out. I am not frustrated. If you've been feeling overwhelmed, you, I want you to say, no, I'm not overwhelmed because God knows exactly what He's doing. I'm not going to give into that lie anymore. I want you to speak it out. When you feel like I can't handle this, no, you can because God gave it to you. It's not beyond your ability. You can do it. You guys, you got it. You're not running alone. You're running with the papa. You got it. And I want us to just imagine that running with Him. How exciting. How exciting. If you've been grumpy, if you've been complaining a lot, I want that to go away. I want you guys to let that go. No need to complain. No need to grumble because he's running with you. He knows exactly, exactly what you're going through. He knows your heart been. Can we all pray together, church? Let's, let's just let that go.